This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I'm joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Hey, Jim. Hi, Brian. Good to see you again. You as well. We are going to tackle this topic here in just a moment. Before we do that, if you have not written a review for us on iTunes or however you listen to this podcast, would you go there and write us a review? It's helpful to, to get your feedback, um, be able to help us know how to just grow and continue to serve you the best we can with this. You can also go to practicalshepherding.com. You can find all of our resources there, uh, including over 100 podcast episodes we have done. We've done been doing this a while now. Yeah, that kind all, of number. Not all of them with me, though. But, well, that's uh, true. Most. I came in later, but you... Most. You, Brian. No, most most of them are with you, and with our new equipment, we're thankful for. Uh, in the early years, it was a bit rough. It was um, a little rough from tech from a technical standpoint. But we're not going to talk about that today. No, we're not. We're going to talk about something else more important, and that is how does a pastor love and shepherd his harshest critics? So we're implying his harshest critics in his church, who are you know members of the church, you know who he's supposed to love and shepherd. Uh, yeah. And yet they're incredibly critical and harsh, whoever those harsh critics are. So if, if you're a pastor uh, and, and and you have critics in your church, which I assume is everyone to some degree, be thinking about right now who those people are as we have this conversation. Uh, it might help you think through this. Bring their picture up. And bring their and picture look, on it. On your phone. Whatever you need you to do to, to, right. to help in this process. But yeah, we want to talk about, <clears throat> I mean, we have to recognize that um, that we are called to pastor every person in the church, all of our sheep. Some are really supportive, some not so much. And some can really be difficult and harsh, judgmental critics of us. Sometimes we've earned that criticism, but other times it's because for whatever reason we've upset them. We're not even sure what we've done and how we've done it and and have to try to love and care for them still. Jim, one of the most important lessons I learned uh, in in having to try to love harsh critics in the early years of my ministry is that uh, Hebrews thirteen seventeen says that I'll give an account for souls, and I, I realize that that includes the people maybe at that time who didn't like me very much. Right. And now <clears throat> we're talking about sheep or wolves in the church. That's two mm, different things. That's, that's another that's co- right. conversation. However, let's assume at this time that the harsh critics are sheep that we are trying to care for. Think how do we think through this biblically, Jim? Okay, well, I think you just gave the first one, okay. and that's that's having to discern where is this criticism coming from, uh, is and is this coming from? It's possible to harshly criticize somebody you love. Oh, sure. It's possible to so, for instance, Paul said to Titus in Titus chapter one. He quotes the about, about Cretans are always lazy beasts, idle gluttons. And he says, this testimony is true. For this cause, rebuke them sharply so that they may be sound in the faith. Right. <clears throat> and so, you know, there, so there can be criticism that comes from somebody who loves you that has, it's, it sounds harsh. And I say, wow, he reproved me sharply. And I said, yeah, he did. And so I think we need to discern, we need to see two two things, first of all, at the beginning, is what is the heart of the person toward me? And then secondly, what is the substance of the criticism? And to discern those two things takes may take help and wisdom and may take um, the ability to open your heart up to other people in the congregation or to other pastors and say, right. hey, you know me. Um, so-and-so has 
consistently said this about either me or about my preaching style or about certain points I'm making. Uh, it appears I, I'm frustrating them. They're, they're not happy with, with either, again, my public or my private ministry. And they're letting me know it. They're letting me know it with, with both barrels. Yeah. And I, and so the question, you know, I think, again, I would ask, okay, is this a sheep? Right. You got to ask that. Secondly, does this person love me and have my best at heart, or is he just ticked and mad and he's looking for a scapegoat and and I'm that scapegoat? And I'm not really the issue. Somebody has said sometimes the issue is not the issue and that that's not the issue. So, you know, so is this coming? And then, and then, so that's one thing because that's a relational matter. And then the other is to the substance is what they're saying true or false. Right, and so I think those are the three things that you have to deal with, and and the the question as asked, as the question is sent in, is how do you love and, and shepherd them? Which I think indicates that you're not just going to be dismissive of them. You're not just going to uh, throw them out of the church. You're not going to discipline them uh, over this. Uh, you are going to try. And Brian, there's several texts that, that come to mind, and, and particularly if we're dealing with a, a, a sheep, then the text that comes to mind is from James chapter 3 and verse 17, where it says, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And with that recognition uh, in mind, then I'm going to try to have that that disposition, which is open and sincere. And then I also think of uh, Paul's words to uh, to Timothy of talking about that the servant of the Lord is gentle and mm-hmm. and patient, right? And uh, and he shows that because he recognizes. One of two things is going to happen in that situation. Either God's going to change me or God's going to change them. Mm-hmm. And that's going to depend on, again, what their relationship is. Does something need to change in his relationship to me and his heart toward me? And then secondly, to deal with the truth of the substance of it, that either it's valid or invalid. But to have a heart that says, I'm willing to evaluate what you said to me rather than just dismiss it right. out of hand. Yep. No, 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 that's not true of me. No, I never do anything like that. How dare you? You know, who do you think you are? Well, you just hate me. Uh, this is because, you know, I cut in front of the line at the buffet back when we had buffets or, you know, whatever it is. And you've just been mad ever since rather than saying, no, wait a minute. Has something happened to fracture this relationship so that this brother is or sister is angry at me, or is it that they're really genuinely burdened at me, yeah. burdened concerning me, and they're so burdened that it's it, that, that the gentle approach hasn't worked, and so they've come at it uh, with bla- guns ablazing. Yeah, so I, that's really good, and I want to take a couple of things you said maybe go to the next level with it. The first is you're asking, are they sheep or not? Well, that's a really important question to ask. However, um, I think because they're criticizing us, we can quickly determine they're not sheep because they're criticizing us. And we have to be mindful first of making sure you truly know the person well enough to be able to determine, is this person really showing up like a, a wolf 
and that I that we just don't know? Or is this a sheep that's saying things that are hurting me a lot? And because I don't like what they're saying, that I'm going to determine. So, for example, I think a classic mistake a lot of pastors make in their early years of the ministry in their in a local church is that maybe people criticize their preaching, and we all of a sudden conclude. Oh, they must not be a sheep. They don't. They don't want to hear the word preached. They're right. criticizing my sermons. Like, actually, maybe you don't preach as well as you think you do. Maybe that's the problem. You know, and so that could be a problem. I think we have to. So I think we have to ask that question. But I think we also have to be aware of. I'm not sure we can determine answer that question within the first even few years, unless that person really shows to be an unbeliever in different ways and a wolf in sheep's clothing or whatever that may be. But I just want to encourage, we need to ask that question, but I want to encourage pastors to, to be patient, to determine that, to make sure you're not rushing to a judgment on this immature sheep and wolves in sheep's clothing oftentimes can, can look similar in, in in different seasons. So the second thing I want to mention though, is that when we're, um, when we're trying to work with these uh, particular folks, uh, that we are mindful that maybe they're criticizing us and it doesn't have anything to do with us. You alluded to that before. Mm-hmm. We got to ask the question, have I done something that genuinely has either hurt them or made them mad? Or have I done something that has basically provoked the anger that they had towards a previous pastor mm-hmm. in their life? And of course, you planted your church. You've been there forever. But you know, most guys are going in, like me, I, I inherited a church that had a lot of pastoral scars within the, the sheep of the congregation. And I think when we're when we're trying to figure out how to love and shepherd our harshest critics, we we have to be willing to ask the question, you know, allow the to not just sit in the herd of whatever they said, but to ask the question, is this even about me? Mm-hmm. And if it and and that's a good question to ask because if it's not about me, I think it allows us to be patient and gracious when we realize, man, their their previous pastor hurt them in the way I just, you know, spoke to them or did this. And it helps to be able to love them, you know, love them better through that. So mm-hmm. but I think those that's digging a little bit more into, you know, what we're talking about. And I do think it takes years for them to you have to earn trust before they will even let you love them oftentimes. Um, but at the same time, we have to ask the question, have I done something to upset them? And it, and it may be something that I said that was true, but it was hard, and they didn't know how to receive that, or something mm-hmm. in a sermon they didn't you know, they didn't like. I always joke that I, uh, 80% of the pastoral committee that hired me within five years had either left mad or uh, was was somebody who was one of my harshest critics because you know they're the ones cheering me on. Pastor, preach the word when you come here. But then I preached the word, and, and there were some things that they didn't like that I said, and it totally changed their attitude towards me. So I mm. think we have to also be mindful of what we are hurting people with or what's right. causing them to be critical. And I think we need to understand, Brian, the difference between criticism and enmity and a critic yep. and an enemy. Yep. Um, somebody who criticizes you and criticizes you harshly may wind up being your best friend and ally depending upon the substance of it and right. well, and, and well, let me let me and I'm and I'm going to add to that the substance of it and your response to it and and you find sometimes that I think sometimes when somebody criticizes and even sometimes their harshness might be out of fear and exasperation because they think you're not going to hear what I say you're just going to dismiss what I say yeah. and if you actually receive it and you're like thank you for that I I 
I, you know, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize I'd hurt you. I, I didn't realize I was doing that. Uh, I'm going to actually go back and listen. You know, would you mind? I'm going to go back and listen to that sermon if you if it's recorded, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get some feedback from some others. I really appreciate you bringing that out, and and uh, you know, pray for me as I as I interact with that. That that Sunday, that's really disarming, and I, mm-hmm. I I don't know all that the the Lord means when He says it's in Proverbs and then and also in Romans about you know, returning, you know, speaking to your enemy in such a way that you're heaping coals of fire on their head. Yeah. Oh. Um, which, again, I don't, I, I basically understand that. But I don't know all that's, that's behind that. But I think part of that is that you respond in such a way that there's this, there's this shocking, like, oh, oh, oh I don't know what to do with that now. And, and sometimes people will love you because of how you responded when they rebuked you, to their criticism, yeah. and and by your not fighting back, by your not building a wall of self defense, by your not bringing it up in a sermon or whatever else you you know that a guy might do out of immaturity or a lack of self control. I know I'm getting criticism. I've been getting hammered because I you know I started. I all I'm doing is preaching the word, and well, they sit there and hear that and go, okay, well, I'm out of here. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But allow a man to have access to you where you say there's not some big wall between me and the people. You you have access. There's not six, seven doors that it takes to get to me. Um, I said the other day, rather tongue-in-cheek, to the congregation in regard to some of our uh, you know things going on at the church. I said, if you want to know what the elders are thinking— you're going to get the answer far better from one of us than from speculating. You, know, you I mean, don't so say, yeah, really? Like, like, you know, so I said, people laugh at that, but I said, you know, if, if, if you're having conversations saying, I wonder what Jim was thinking, well, why don't you ask me? And I will tell you what yeah, I was thinking because right. I, I, I'm not going to bite your head off. I'm not going to you, – you can ask me. I hope you can ask me, and I, I hope I haven't erected – some kind of a impenetrable barrier or force field that makes you think, no, I could never actually ask him that. Well, I will say that if I have one big regret in my my early years at the ministry at the ministry of our church, is that I responded defensively towards my harsh critics mm-hmm. in a way that I wish I could go back and do differently. Yeah, for the very point you're making, because they maybe were saying things in a way that were mean or harsh, more harsh than they should have been. But it's not the grounds to dismiss it, especially if it's something that demands that you look at what they're they're talking about and criticizing about. So I had a uh, there's a one of the most beloved ladies in our church. Her name's Betty. She's ninety. She actually went in for um, for hip replacement surgery this morning. Actually, mm-hmm. just got word she did she did fine in that. But Betty used to come to me and tell me she was one of the few people who would come and tell me why she didn't like my preaching and why. And was was quite refreshing because most people didn't who didn't like my preaching would tell other people but wouldn't come talk to me about it. So that was refreshing in one way. Yeah. And Betty would tell me what she didn't like, and she would uh, she'd be specific, and I just dismissed everything she said. Mm. And about eight years later, after trying to grow and struggle as a preacher, just trying to figure things out, it took me about ten years. I felt like I finally started getting into groove, figure out who I was as a preacher. It took about ten years. And all of a sudden, I realized that I had changed exactly what that woman had told me to change 10 years before. And one of the things that that taught me was, one, how much when we're defensive, we're not listening. Mm -hmm. And if we can get to a place where even if it's a harsh critic, even if they're really mean about how they're saying it, if we can get to a place where you actually 
listen to what they're saying. Even if there's 10% truth in what they're saying, it's really helpful if we're just willing to be teachable and listen in that. And to have the discernment, you know, to, to have the security to know our identities in Christ. These people right. aren't aren't able to determine our worth and value based on what they're saying. Right. They're not willing to determine our, whether we're called to do this or not. If we can be secure in our identity in Christ and gain that ten percent of truth or that twenty percent of truth right. in the harsh criticism, that's ideal. We obviously know that that's really hard to do, but I want to acknowledge that. And I think a lot of pastors are more defensive than they realize against their critics and they sure. never get to the place where we actually learn from them. So Jim, why don't we let's talk about so how do we do this? So we're talking about how to love and shepherd the harsh critics. We recognize they're there. We recognize there's other things going on potentially that we need to be aware of. There's things to learn from it. But how do we how do we do that? A pastor listening to this, he's in the middle of a six month fight over masks, no masks, getting criticized on both sides of it. And he's got harsh critics on both sides. How do we help him love and shepherd both of those critics who are on both sides? Yeah, I, I think, Brian, and I'll, I'll speak to the specifics of that because you know, I've had to deal with some of that uh, to a degree. And again, lar- largely largely our folks have been have tried to be very, very supportive, and I think they've understood. Yep. Uh, and I think that you can address that from that perspective of saying, of simply being open not being angry, not being bitter, not recriminating when you say, brethren, we need your prayers because, yeah. uh, you know, trying to understand, I said to somebody, trying to understand all the different news coming out and all the different sources is like trying to thread a needle in a hurricane mm-hmm. and, and trying to, and like, no, you need to do that and you need to get it right. And, and so we're, we're being called not just to make decisions for ourselves, but for a whole group of people. So I think we can we can ask for people's prayers. We can also, in that kind of a situation, say, "Brethren, having opinions is valid, and 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 that's fine. What's not fine is is building barriers and de- stoking division and speaking of people's motivations in a way uh, that that that's that's getting into the enemy's work." And you, and, and you need to guard your own heart, and you, we need to uh, – the words of, of um, Titus chapter 3 have been very big in, in my own meditation lately, and to me it speaks so much to the time in which we, we live, and where he says – and this is even gets into the troubling area of government officials for some – But remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, to show perfect courtesy toward all people. Yeah, it's good. And then he brings out, because we ourselves were once foolish and disobedient. He's going to say, listen, you know, you got to be patient. People are all over the place. Remember when you weren't a Christian? You remember how gracious God was to you? Remember how the gospel Mm -hmm. came to you? Right. And so we need at times to make that kind of a plea. And at, at times, say to say to brethren, listen, I'm I'm not trying to hurt you, I'm not trying to frustrate you, and I I am simply trying to prepare things in such a way. Again, you're not being overly defensive in this, uh, you know. But I'm trying to figure things out, and I'm trying to put this together in a way that all of us can worship together. 
and focus on the 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 most essential elements of, of our worship and, and those kinds of things. So I think there's a place for that. There's a place, and Paul, Paul defends himself at times, and Paul defends himself against his critics, and he explains his heart and he explains his motivation. Mm-hmm. I think there's a way to do that, and, and again, this gets down to are, they, are these enemies or are these friends or these brethren who are ultimately with you and for you, but are frustrated with you, which is a very different thing yep. than an enemy in the ranks that you need to suss out and, yep. and maybe is a divisive person. And so you're trying to sort all of those things out. But I think that there, there is a proper time. There's a time to listen. There's a time to say thank you for that. I'll take, I'm taking that under advisement to meet with people, to be willing to hear them out. And to hear what's behind this, behind their frustration, behind their hurt, behind their concern, but also to say, listen, I appreciate that, and I'm listening to you. I'm not dismissing what you say, but I'm also not able to follow everything that you yeah. say, and yeah. I want to explain to you why. I, I think there's a, I think there's another category, too, of this, and I actually think that this is, I think, even the most common, especially we're talking about Critics who are sheep that we're called to care for and, and love and shepherd. I think a lot of times the criticisms come because that person doesn't trust you yet. Mm-hmm. So as a pastor, I think one of the, how do you love and shepherd your harshest critics? This isn't the case all the time. Like you said, sometimes it's friends who are just frustrated with you and how you're right. like, that, that certainly is the case in, in different times. But I think especially for pastors who maybe haven't haven't been at their church a long time, the harsh critics a lot of times can come because they don't know you, they don't trust you. And and until they trust you and the trust that you have good for them, trust that you genuinely do love them, mm-hmm. then the criticisms usually come out of that, I have found. So it's it so how do you love and shepherd your harshest critics? Go about trying to realize that the the remedy potentially is to love them, continue to love them through the criticisms. And to where they grow to trust that you desire good for them, which is what sheep need to feel secure that a shepherd wants to do. If a sheep does not believe the shepherd cares for them in that way, they don't trust them, and they're going to think worst of them, which is where the criticisms oftentimes come from. Brian, I think another element we need to deal with with this is, I think we're talking in a situation here, and maybe for some they say this is very unrealistic, where it's just like between you and them. Very often this harsh criticism doesn't just come to you it goes into the ears of other sheep. Yeah, that's right. And it begins to affect them. And then it becomes a source of division. And you realize this person is not, and this is where you have to discern. I say, bro, if you're, are you concerned about me? And is this, is this with me? Or are you, cons- you know, because you recognize what you're doing right now is you're undermining my ability to minister to this flock and you're sowing suspicion among the flock, because you haven't just kept your criticism between the two of us. It's mm-hmm. been, it, you know, so I think, and in that case, Brian, you know, then there's other scriptures that come in, and, and and even if there's some validity to what's being said, it might have to become a public matter, because we're told in the scriptures to mark those who cause divisions. Yeah. And so I think we need to understand and discern that. Is this just between us, you know, where they're saying, you know, you... And I had a guy say to me one time, this wasn't really harsh, but, you know, it was maybe a bit, you know, frustrated after so long. He said, Jim, you, you just beat points to death, you know. <laughs> and uh, it's like, we get it. We get it. Move on. You, you proved your point. You know, that sort of a thing. 
So I appreciated that. And obviously, that came after hearing it, and he didn't bring it out the first time or the second time. But at some point, it was like enough's enough, you know. Yeah. And that helped, and and yeah. and I that rings in my ears twenty eight years later or whatever. Yeah. Because uh, it was about well, how long ago it was said somewhere around there 30, 28, 29, 30 years ago, and I realized no that that's helpful and and uh, I don't need to do that. Yeah. I, I don't need to quote twenty text in support of a point you know that sort of a right. thing. right and you you bring up an interesting point too that i think as as we as we wrap this up uh if you have a critic maybe harsh but they actually come to you to say what they want to say to you um don't miss that that actually is a gift in itself you may disagree with what they say they may do it in a mean-spirited way but to your point, Jim, a lot of times the critics go to others, but they don't come to you. So that's an entirely different conversation, I think. If you have critics who are not coming to you to talk to you about issues with you, but they're actually going to other people. So I think that's something that we have to, I think that's something that could probably be a separate podcast on an episode, to be honest with you. But I think in the context of what we're talking about here is when someone does come to you, when someone is willing to share, like you did, like you mentioned earlier, that we need to we need to be open and listen, and even if it's hard to hear what they say, to be mindful to not be defensive, but to be patient and to try to receive and gain from them what you know what they're saying. But ultimately, that it takes it takes years to build the trust of a congregation, and I think being able to distinguish whether you have their trust and they're frustrated with you, or you don't have their trust yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can process it in that way, I think it will help you to know, is this take more time? I just need to let them know I love them and and gain their trust. Or is it a situation where you have to kind of sit and hash out a mm-hmm. friend who's for you, but yeah. has an issue and you need to talk that out. So Jim, why don't you take a minute and pray uh, for, for pastors who are facing the harshest critics, especially in the last six months. It, I'm sure a lot of them, have, it's an increase. So you just pray that God gives them mm-hmm. grace in that. Our Father in heaven, thank you that you know us all together. You you see us in our our point of labor, and you know what we're we're dealing with. And and Lord, no doubt some of your children listening to this right now are uh, struggling and and hurting because of uh, a steady stream of not just criticism, but at times harsh or angry criticism toward them. Father, we pray you'd aid them not to lose heart and help them to focus their eyes upon the eternal. Father, help them to find their identity in your Son and find hope in in your love. But Father, also we pray, give them ears to hear, give them a willingness to examine their own heart, uh, to recognize if there's validity to the criticism and where they can uh, find help to change. Uh, in that, Father, pray that you'd aid them, not in returning evil for evil, hatred for hatred, but, Father, to be loving in response, to learn what it is to turn the other cheek in regard to these, that those who are critics might truly become friends. We ask these mercies in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.